Wait, 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 hold up. We've done this before. Let's try something new. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Welcome to the new year. Today, January 4th, 2021. (laughs) So, as always, I'm Bill and I'm joined here with Steve. Hello. So, it's been a few weeks since we released How Was Your Christmas? Size birthday. Solid. Yeah? Now, yeah, I'm in the last year now. The countdown begins between... uh, (laughs) Before the big 3-0. Yeah. There's something about 30, you know? Like, I still get carded for cigarettes, which is, like, great. Like, that's that's a huge confidence booster. You know, I'm still... Yeah. And you know what I mean? But there's something about 30. Like, you can tell people, yeah, I'm 26. I'm 28. I'm even... I'm 29. And you still have that sense of... But there's, like, a brick wall. I'm 30. Like, once you hit 30. Like, I feel... Like, I don't know why I don't own a minivan for some reason. I have no kids, but... A minivan just seems appropriate. Well, you're halfway there. You got a CRV. The CRV. Yeah. Oh, dude, I hear a bunch of shit all the time about my CRV. Like, oh, you got the the fucking man van. That's oh, the, you got the minivan. The man van. The I man never van. Heard that one. That's <laughs> that's a real confidence yeah, a, killer. I was like, yeah. So I guess the next step for me is a hybrid. Yeah, when you're driving the same car as my you know 50 plus year old father, <laughs> yeah, it's a. Well, it's one of those things. You have to be like economical. You have to think for the future. I'm like, live in Jersey, so the all wheel drive is exactly nice accommodation. It's it's needed very much so. But the fact that I can get from exit 14 to exit two on the turnpike and only use maybe a quarter tank of gas (laughs) that's that's what I live for. (laughs) That's the that's the thing, man. I. I never once cared about gas mileage. Until, never once, dude. Until I lived. In I my would own. drive my when I had my charger. Yeah. I would push that thing to like a buck ninety heading to Wildwood. That's what I live for. Now I'm seventy five at most middle lane, and if I make it there in a quarter of a tank of gas, these are the excitements that I get. I don't know if you, I don't know if it shows up on your CRV, but it does on your dad's. Like the miles per gallon. Oh it's yeah, like zero, I'm checking 30, that. 40 Here's or the thing about that. Whatever. I see how that works by like how I press and lay off the gas. Yeah. So in my head, even though my car is older, doesn't do that. I still mentally project <laughs> like, oh, I might be. You at see the green lights right. coming. Oh on. yeah, I must be at sixty <laughs> right now if I don't have my foot on the gas. I must be maxing out in my gas mileage. <laughs> Yeah, I think dude, the same. It's shit. bad. It's really bad. Like when I get on the highway, you know, I roll at like seventy, se- uh, between seventy and seventy-two. Yeah, and I put the cruise control on. I'm like, fuck it. Yep, we're all about saving gas. Got to do it. Eco mode on. <laughs> Press that button. And then some fucking punk kid like blows past me in like a Nissan, and, and you just, just like, yep, dude. That, that was us at one point. Time. Yeah, yep. and now when it's like done in front of us, we're like, these damn kids, this is how accidents happen. Back then, it was like, you know, get the fuck out of my way. Like, I got to get 
30, you know, miles in 10 minutes here. That's yeah, exactly. The goal. <laughs> now I got to like look to my wife, like, trust me, I'm not a pussy. <laughs> like, I promise you, I'm not a pussy. And I, here I, I let him do this. I'm just trying to floor it. And it, like my car has a bad back, the pickups on it's so <laughs> goddamn bad. I'm waiting for the RPMs to jack the 6,000 before I can even peak 70. Here's something. I Like, <laughs> since you said this, I, I don't know why, but I feel like these fucking like clapped out fucking jalopies are like, flying past you like 90 Always. mile an hour on the fucking turnpike or whatever. Always. It's like, how the fuck is this car capable of that? And then you Always. give your car gas and it's like, eh. what are you doing? Like, it just won't do it. I'm like, like, what is like, what is it? Do I have to get like a piece of shit bought off like a random buy here, pay here in Camden Yeah, for me to do 90 on the highway? Yeah. Once my car gets going, it's, it's going. Yeah, they roll. But if I'm uphill, <laughs> it's an old man <laughs> trying to climb up a flight of steps. It's embarrassing. That's funny. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> Got to get an acorn stair lift for the car. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. So um, so your birthday and Christmas was good. Did you find anything new or interesting? So actually, um, I talked about it like weeks ago. This was the first album. It was Sodom's new album. It was called Genesis Nineteen. So it came out on Apple Music. It was sitting on my phone for weeks. Yeah. And I refuse to listen to it. I listen to the one single just like how I would be if it came on the radio. I try to treat it like it's going to be a new album. I'm going to wait for the CD to show up and I'm going to listen to it like it's a new CD. So I finally got the album, I want to say two days before Christmas. Hmm. And I was up in North Jersey. I had to make the trip, you know, down south for the family and everything like that. So I was able to, you know, listen to the album. And that was my first experience. This thing's been on my phone for like weeks. Like I very easily could have just like, I'm just going to listen to it. But I was like, I already paid for this. I pre-ordered this album. Yeah, right. This is the second time I pre-ordered an album next to that Lamb of God album and waited weeks after its release for it to show up. <laughs> but I held out. I listened to it. Um, now, Sodom is a German thrash band from the 80s. They were real huge. And they rarely, I don't even know if ever, and I couldn't tell you last time, toured in the United States. But they're very big in like thrash culture. Um, the fact that they're still putting out music is really awesome. Hmm. I like when bands can put out and generate. The only thing about it is, though, the album to me was like subpar. Just oh, like it was like shit. just put together. You know hmm. what I mean? There wasn't anything like like Agent Orange um, is probably my favorite album by them. Uh, they just I don't know. Like it was just like it's like again, we're talking about like old men just kind of keeping it together. Yeah, exactly. Like, but they, you know, the tunes were good. It was just a listen through. But it was cool. The whole experience of it in itself is something I'm trying to get back. Like, if I have the opportunity, I know an album's coming out, and I can pre-order it before it comes out and yeah. hold off on it. Because, again, it's just so, I don't know, it takes away from that that feel, that special feel. An album I really want pops up on my phone, you know, three songs, two songs at a time. Yeah. I just keep releasing half the album. It's like, just give me the whole Yeah, and then thing. it's like, finally, I listen to it, and it, I don't know, I guess I'm not as involved you know, but now having it on a CD, like that whole trip, like I was involved. I really listened to the album. Well, yeah, because that's time. the thing with the CD. You put it in yeah. and there's nowhere to go. Yeah, obviously I could just grab my phone and say, hey, Siri, change it to this shit. You know, just exactly. get it if I'm getting bored or something. It's like TV. You know, you'll yep. watch a TV show and you pick up your phone and you have to rewind the show 40 times because you've missed a part. You know, and exactly. that's how I felt with like anytime I digital stream music, there's just something mentally about me where I don't you know, focus as much, I guess. So yeah, that was like the first album I got to really listen to really Pretty held sure out that's for called it. ADHD. I, it might be a medical diagnosis. <laughs> this, uh, I won't confirm or deny at this point. I myself am not a doctor. This is, but a, yeah, this is the rage against the mainstream minute clinic. Minute clinic. Yes. <laughs> Glad to be here. I'll give you my copay after the show. No, no PPO. 
No, thank God. <laughs> what about you? How was your Christmas? Not bad. Um, as I'm everyone, noticing a lot of cool shit in this studio. Yeah. At this moment. Yeah. We're slowly, slowly working our way in to be able to have this to be a video thing. Oh, soon. yeah. But it, it's just got to be. I, I can't. It's like, this room's it, dope, dude. Like, you think back to like season one. Oh, God. With like the stacks of we like, had the, the rubber cr- making containers. The cricket? The cricket. <laughs> and I got bit by a spider and had like one of the worst fucking spider bites I've ever had in my entire life. Those Glassboro spiders, dude. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. There, there ain't no fucking spiders here no more. But <laughs> yeah, so I mean, eventually I want to get to the point where we're going to video this. I yeah. mean, I feel like it'd be cool and the room just has to look right. It was always interesting. That was the one time where I would go into an indoor setting to record somewhere and felt like I needed to put on more jackets. <laughs> like, I don't even think I've ever took my leather jacket off when we were there. Like, I stayed Oh, no, that bar. basement was fucking oh, yeah. freezing. Ice cold. I got my hands in my hoodie the whole time. I'm shivering. Bills, you know. Like. Isn't it funny how the basement was fucking freezing, but this room gets like ridiculously hot? hot. Yeah, like just stupid hot. Yeah, but <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm expanding my prop collection. You look like you're ready to be in the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh yeah, like they could hire you as an extra, and you're ready to go. You got your own <laughs> costumes and garb and everything. I'm waiting for the proton pack. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you get that, you're ready to go. Oh, dude, once the proton pack gets here, like, I'm just going to walk around with it all day. Yeah. I'm going to put it in the back of the car, just in case anybody needs me. You here should I am. get the whole outfit and drive around oh, dude, like that. I'm going to get the fucking whole, I'm getting the whole fucking shebang. Yeah. I'm getting the real deal, not spirit Halloween costume. Got your license plates? Yeah, I got my license plates. Those are going to go on the CRV. Yep. <sighs> like, Look at this fucking geek. <laughs> Fun fact, the old New York license plates. Remember, yes. they had the Statue of Liberty in there. Yep. Now I heard this and I'm not don't don't quote me on it, but do you know why they changed it to just the orange without it? What do you mean? Why they got rid of the Statue of Liberty and the new license plates? No, I don't know. So apparently there was a dispute between New Jersey and New York of which territory the Statue of Liberty was actually located what? in. What? Yeah. That's weird. And that's why they got rid of it. I've I mean, I've always known it to be New York. That's what Staten I would Island, think too, but apparently territorial wise it's not necessarily in We're not the, Staten Island. The Liberty Island, yeah. New York. Now, the individual who told me this is from said area, and he's a respectable source. How credible it is, I'm not sure, but that's just the fun fact. Now, every time I think about someone asks, oh, you ever notice they changed the license plates, got rid of Statue of Liberty? If that's ever a Jeopardy question, rest in peace, Alex Trebek, now you know. Ain't that some shit? The more yeah. you know. Yeah. So, on top of the props, and I got various other memorabilia now. Mm-hmm. I, due to... Pandora's box over there? Yeah. Uh, Careful with that thing. <laughs> what? What's your pleasure? <laughs> we'll tear your soul apart. <laughs> um, my vinyl collection has uh, exploded. Substantially. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in the summer, mentioned I was doing this to you, and I was like, Bill, like scratching my neck. Eyes wide, like be careful, man. And <laughs> it, it'll get you. Yeah, it'll you sneak went, up on you. Yeah, you're headed for an intervention. Yeah, I actually, I think I'm heading for a new bin. Oh yeah, <laughs> the milk crate's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's starting it's to bust off for dear life. Yeah, it's I'm, like, a, I'm <laughs> at. Yeah, I'm at a two binner now, and uh, it's cut. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, that like you know because the bin doesn't you hold keep them the in. Integrity of the records exactly. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, so. I got pretty much every Alice in Chains album except for uh, Jar of Flies and Self-Titled. Um, thank you, Amazon. 
what else I got here? Back in Black, Appetite for Destruction, uh, every Van Halen album up until 5150, um, Thriller, Quintessential album. Everyone Gotta needs have to thriller. have it. <laughs> um, what else did I get? The Misfits. Famous Monsters. It's a good album. <laughs> Great album. Never got you that, man. They knew exactly. Yeah, man. They, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> um, oh, I got Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning. Nice. So now I have the original albums besides Kill Em All. That's good. I, I, I'll probably wind up getting Kill Em All. Let's be real. You're going so to have to have Kill Em All through the Black You're going to need, yeah. I need yeah, to get it. The so, I'm telling you right now, too, that is one of those albums when you replay it. Because you have the opportunity to like listen to it, really listen to it. I'll, re- I'll enjoy it. It'll, yeah, it grows back I mean, on you. It's not that I disliked it. I, I've already said before, I'm a production whore, dude. I, I know that's what production. I'm saying. And obviously, that one compared to everything that came after it, yeah. really falls below the bar. But I'm telling you, just re-listening to it with a, you know, the system you have, yeah, it it'll give you like honestly. I mean. You know, I don't want to get on too much of a tangent here about Metallica, but like Kill 'em All and Ride the Lightning are like the worst sounding albums that they did. Mm-hmm. Ride the Lightning had the better songs, but if Ride the Lightning had the production value of like Injustice for All, yes, Ride the Lightning would be my absolute favorite album, like good, of all yeah, time. Yeah, you know, even Escape, I'll give Escape. If Escape had a good production on it, it could be one of the best Metallica songs. That album is so good that Escape, like I like black out when that song comes on and forget that I even heard it, and it's still that good. Like I'll take it as a seven song. Album. I wonder what they were thinking of when they wrote that song. We need one more song for the album, quick, quick. We need a radio single. Yeah, hurry. That's probably Lars, guys. So, uh, you know, last time we didn't really have any uh, singles, so uh, you know, we uh, we we were thinking about doing a single for this album. Uh, I wrote, I penned this song called "Escape." I picture everybody having a frown on their face except Lars while they were recording this. Yeah. He probably thought this was the fucking jam. I dude. will be free. God, this so. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. I I forget the words all. I forget all of them. It's like I'm on my own, I'm free, and I'm like, what the yeah, fuck? It's no good. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Christmas, New Year's was pretty good um recently i watched the museum of pop culture they did a special for alice in chains Hmm. it was two hours long i'm sitting here i'm like man this is gonna be some fucking serious awesome shit was this on access no it's on youtube Uh, the museum uh, of pop culture or something or other It's, it's it's a museum in seattle and um i'm like damn this two hours is gonna be fucking awesome it's like an hour and a half commercial for the Museum of Pop Culture with like 30 minutes of Alice in Chains playing two songs. Jesus Christ. Metallica covering wood acoustic. I saw that. It, I'll I give was it to actually, James. It was, yeah, it was I was going to say, he, he pulled, I, I honestly watched it he to could like sing, watch dude. like a car crash in NASCAR. I was waiting for Me the certain too. parts and I was like, damn, all right. He like changed his vocal styling too. Yeah. It was weird. He should sound like that all the time. That's what Nicole said. She's like, uh, yeah, his she's highs. Like, she's and like, that's like not James Hetfield. Real like, life. Yeah, it is. You know what that goes to tell you though, because he probably felt a lot of pressure to perform a certain way, and you know, giving that honor. The ironic thing about that was Metallica fucking hated on Alice in Chains for quite some time. 
Yeah. Like they ripped on them and it was really cool to kind of see him. And I think actually James was asked about that and he pretty much, you know, you get older and sometimes you realize and, you know, hindsight and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to see him do that because that was a big thing when Alice in Chains was coming out. You know, Metallica's already, uh, you know, established and they had a lot of shit negatively to say about them. I believe there was one live show that I saw with James like making fun of like Lane's like heroin addiction. Yeah, he shit. did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it was a thing where like even when that got posted, him <laughs> doing that set, people commented on like, oh wow, nice to see him cover a song by a dude he thought was a complete, you know, piece of shit. Yeah. And, you know, and then like I said, I think James obviously felt the pressure and felt obligated to speak on behalf of that. Yep. And it was, I mean, I can accept that. I really don't care about shit like that because back then i mean you could say that about a lot of people i'm sure a lot of people talk shit on each other to a point where you can't hold those grudges for that long um but probably one of the standout performances from that was corn doing wood i saw that too dude it was good i was yeah i was like i'm not even a big corn fan at all and i saw that and i was like they did it tastefully yeah like they did it it's like we're talking about before like doing like a like a good cover where it's a hundred percent that it's that song, but it has so much of your flavor in it that it could be your own song. Exactly. And the way they covered Wood was insane. Yeah. But Owls and Chains, they only played fucking uh No Excuses, which is like a staple. You kinda have to. Of course. And then your decision. Those are the only two songs they played. They had to play one from uh post lane era dude i was like are you fucking for real which is funny because it was like a, your it was a, decision is like the same tempo yeah as no excuse well it's fucked up because it was like a pseudo unplugged yeah and it's just like your like, decision is almost like a redone a little more upbeat version of like nutshell yeah it's yeah that same dun, dun, Exactly. But, like, dude, they had, like, other artists in there that were playing, like, legitimate fucking songs. Kim Thale was in there a couple times. Um, huh. Chris Cornell's daughter, um, I forget her name, Lily, no, uh, regardless, she did um, the song Black Gives Way to Blue. She covered it on piano, dude. It was amazing. But, like I said, you had 30 minutes of, like, actual cool shit, but an, an hour and, and a half, half of, of fucking a commercial. It's, and, and, dude, every fucking 10 <laughs> seconds, it's like, Donate to the M-Pop. Oh, no. Donate to M-Pop. No, and I was the, like, not on the, fucking not principle guilty. now? Yeah. yeah. It was like it was like all but Sarah McLachlan on there being like, for 10 Damn. cents a day, you can support the M-Pop. God. It was something cool to watch. And, you know, I like I like their, you know, uh, I like what the, the idea of the museum and like what they do and the, they're really sh- like shedding light on like music culture and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Don't fucking put some shit out there. Be like, you know, two hours of Alice in Chains and have it be an hour and a half of commercials. Yeah, Yeah. that's literally all it was. It's sad. And the the tug at your heartstrings and give us your money. Yeah, moments. It's like Wikipedia. I can't even sign on Wikipedia these days. Oh my god, God, fuck! I feel bad because I use you guys all the time. Exactly. I do feel bad about that. I'm like, maybe I should. Yeah. For a cup of coffee a day, and I'm like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're right. Too bad I brew my shit at home. I have to skip a McRib today because <laughs> that's the money I spent on Wikipedia's donation. But um, on top of that, I heard the new Greta Van Fleet single, My Way Soon. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. But the thing that's got me, got my tit in a ringer, if you will, is I heard in an interview where they claimed that Led Zeppelin isn't even like a top influence of theirs. 
And that's like kind of, I'm guessing, what they feel like they have to say. Because let, let's be frank here. It's just. That'd be like. Don't, you don't even have to go out of your way to try to convince us. Like, oh, like just say it, dude. Yeah. Just say it. That'd be like me going like, you know what? <laughs> I never even heard of Eddie Trunk. Yeah, I know. That right? metal show? What yeah, is that? Yeah. Like, are you kidding? Like, this wasn't totally inspired by the <laughs> idea of trying to keep that thing alive. Oh, speaking of which, if you go on YouTube, I believe the guy's channel is Redskins91. He has all the past episodes of that metal show on YouTube. For oh, free. that's dope. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you're a fan of that show, if you're a fan of this show, you'll be a fan of that show. Go check them out. And, dude, that's all I've been doing. Watching yeah, it was such a show. great show. Dude, fucking awesome show. It was so good. <sighs> but, Redskins. Yeah. Redskins 91. That's a... Uh, You're gonna watch this fucking dude's YouTube channel <laughs> blow the fuck up. He's gonna be like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> He's carrying on a name that apparently isn't politically correct anymore. <laughs> Washington football team. Yeah. Make sure uh, you use promo code RATM podcast when you subscribe to his channel. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. do that, that, that promo code. Yeah. <laughs> Tax titles and licenses included. Certain exclusions apply. <laughs> Let's move on to Let's on the state that. of the music history. God, we sound like we're just stoned over here, just rattling shit off at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Use that promo code that doesn't exist. <laughs> If you type in R-A-T-M podcast in his comment section, you'll get nothing except our <laughs> recognition for doing yeah. so if we notice it. Congratulations. We'll shout your name out on the airwaves. <laughs> Thank you, Dildo Blender 865 for typing on R-A-T-M podcast on Redskins. Uh, this is going to go in there and be like, what are all these comments? Yeah, <laughs> Why does it keep saying R-A-T-M podcast on here? <laughs> Honey, I got 848 comments today all saying the same goddamn thing. What is this R-A-T-M I can't podcast? even Google them. I don't even know what they are. That would blow his mind. He wouldn't know what to do. He'd probably think it's a spam. He'd delete the whole channel after restart. <laughs> On this day in music history. On this day in music history, January 4th, 1965. Leo Fender sells Fender guitars to CBS for $13 million. Wow. He. Um, imagine what if he would have sold that today. I don't know how much Fender is worth, but I do know they own a lot of other companies. Well, I mean, once you get mixed up with CBS, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah but I mean, they, like, even as far... Well, even back then, it was just Fender. Yeah. Like, now you have Jackson, Charvel, EVH, Gretsch, um, Squire. Like, that's just five huge fucking companies right there. Like, God knows what el- what other, you know, things that Fender itself, like Fuse- uh, Fender Musical Instrument Corporation or whatever... Like, whatever they own, it's got to be fucking insane. It's a lot of money. If he were to sell Fender now, I would think easily you have to be at, like, 200 mil. Wow. Leo Fender was born in 1909. Really? So, I mean, I guess that makes sense for the time being, because he was, like, at that retirement, like, getting to that age. I mean, he died in 91. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. I would like to see in two. This is only up to 2011. Had a 700 million dollars in sales for the 2011 fiscal year. Holy that's shit! That's one year in 2011. 700 million dollars in sales. That's not to say what was profit. 
Net income was 19 million after last year. They had a loss, 2010. Been around since 1946. Oh my God, they have an IPO. You can invest in this company, so they're public now. Yeah, they're they're worth a lot. Yeah, I mean, so. at the time, I guess 1965, it made sense for him because at the age he was at. But I'm saying, like a company like that today, hmm. if it was what it is today, to yeah. sell that, I mean. Yeah, but I think it's even more like at this point in time, if you were to sell Fender, it would have to be even more than just, oh, I'm selling this company. Like you you would have a fucking shareholders meeting. You'd have you'd have people voting against it. Well now it's public. Yeah, now that it's public, it'd be a pain in the ass, but I mean thirteen million just doesn't seem like a lot. Well, I mean, back in 1965, all they really had I was guess, a fucking yeah. the Strat, a Telecaster, well, he probably lived, jazz bass, and lived for P-Base. another, you know, 40 years, 26 the, years. So, yeah, yeah years. I mean, he probably didn't do a goddamn thing for the rest of his life except play guitar and hang out. I would. I would retire with $13 million. I'd have a fucking blast. Yeah. Good for him. Good for Mr. Fender. Two years later, in 1967, the Doors break on through with their eponymous debut. The self-title, of course, The Doors is a hit with listeners and critics alike and producers, or excuse me, and produces the single Light My Fire, which quickly hits number one in the U.S. Light My Fire is actually probably just because of how overplayed it has been. Most songs that get overplayed, I can get around it. Like even like Stairway for some reason, when that solo kicks in, like I still, Mm -hmm. but Light My Fire, that fucking piano solo is so goddamn long and the song itself is so overplayed that that is honestly probably the weakest song on the album. I actually had to give it a legitimate listen. Yeah, Break On Through is excellent. Oh my God, I understand what they mean by Break On Through now. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Duh, dude. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's so many good, like Crystal Ships, The Ends on this album. Okay. Um, Backdoor Man, which is a phenomenal song. Uh, 20th Century Fox, Alabama song. I mean, there's just, the whole album is phenomenal. But it's funny because that that song is like money to me on Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> like it's just that song that's like, I'll listen to it, but yeah, just because of how much it's been played, it actually, it got to me. Like it's really now. <laughs> it's just, come on. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't get much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, two years later, 1969, Jimi Hendrix is banned from the BBC after going off script when he and his band, the Jimi Hendrix Experience, per, per, uh, appear on the show Happening for Lulu, hosted by the To Sir With Love singer, Lulu. So, weird that this is the story. I also heard they had an issue with BBC because they covered Sunshine of Your Love by cream but it was like right after cream broke up and people treated it like it was almost like an insult to cream or something like that there was like an issue they went off like script with that too like covering a cream song where back then it wasn't like a huge thing and the cover is awesome which is fucking ironic as hell but they had an issue with bbc over that so that story in itself i wasn't familiar with but it was weird because i had just read something a few weeks back where Jimi Hendrix, you know, the Jimi Hendrix experience had the same yeah. issue with BBC. So I'm not sure if that was intertwined, but it's interesting. Very interesting. Some bullshit. Goddamn shame. 1970, the Who's Keith Moon accidentally runs over his chauffeur. <laughs> chauffeur. Oh, we talked about this before. Yeah, we did. Uh, Neil Boland killing him. Apparently, Moon's car was under attack from some unruly teenagers when Boland jumped out to get them to move. 
Moon, in a panic, probably on drugs, got behind the wheel to drive the car away himself. Unfortunately, a crowd had since pushed Bolin under the car. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, infamous story. Yo, hell yeah. This ad's like when a lot of people talk shit on Keith Moon. This is usually one of the stories that gets uh, brought up in conversation. He killed his fucking chauffeur. Yeah. Really fucked up story considering the circumstances. Oh, yeah. But knowing Keith Moon, I hate to say it, can't confirm or deny, but he was probably... The panic was probably induced by other things other than the situation <laughs> itself. The fact that his chauffeur's out there fucking like doing work, trying to help the man out. And he's just like, I'm going to fucking ditch this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, unbelievable. <laughs> Every man for himself. I'll read this one too because you're going to run and read the next one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1991, Nirvana signed with Geffen Records in one of the most outstanding moves of their entire fucking career. Yep. In September, their album Nevermind is released and obviously did not blow up until like the holiday season. And mm-hmm. to this day, we recognize this as an absolute game changer in music. Yes. Yeah, that move to Geffen Records was huge, dude. Mm-hmm. Huge. Because Sub Pop, Sub Pop still, even to this day, has made some very talented albums, you know, produced some real talented albums. But that move to Geffen. But they're only able to do so much. I know. You know, get the David Geffen Group and you know, David Geffen Company, whatever, they had more resources than Sub Pop could ever have. And which is funny because they underproduced and like manufactured that album. That's what caused it such a slow buildup for that yeah. album to like blow up because they were like, there's no way it's going to be this fucking big. Who would have thought? <sighs> Dude, it's crazy. When you look at some of their shows in like 89 and 90 and they're just playing like, I saw this one show they're playing in some like VHS store. Like, some random store that just sells VHS players. Yeah. And, like, Kurt still has long black hair. <laughs> like, it's all the Bleach era guys. And it's just, there's, like, eight people watching this. And That's like, so funny. No point do they think, like, yo, I saw that band live when they're, like, they're playing yeah. Redding and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Would that ever be a thing? Speaking of game changers, <laughs> 2020, Mariah Carey. Becomes the first artist to top the Hot 100 in four different decades. In four different decades. That's only 40 years old. Well, top, yeah, maybe she she had hits in the 80s. It's not talking about 80s, the song. 90s, 2000s. It's talking about Mariah Carey in general. Oh, wait, hold on. So you got 2020, 2010. It's the 80s, going all back to the 80s. 2009. Wow. Yeah, she's been around. Well, anyways. I'm talking about that song in particular. So yeah. She's the first artist. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine 1980? I'm like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, dude, no. Uh, anyways. Was, that, all right, that was the most burnout conversation I think we've had in a long time. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Watching you count on your hands from 2020 to 1980 was classic. That's why we need this on recording yeah. time. While I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, there's no that way this hilarious. fucking song's 40 years so old. Because I even started thinking for a second. I had to reread that. I'm like, no. <laughs> I like pull up a monocle. No way. Well, <laughs> 2020 marked the <laughs> marked the year where Mariah Carey became the first artist to top the top 100 or the hot 100 in four different decades when All I Want for Christmas is You stays at number one for a third week. Not surprising. Quintessential Christmas song. You know, it's sad. It's it's one of those songs that you you want to hate. Yeah. You just can't, But though. you know you've listened. Like, anybody that's like, that song's bad. You've had it on at least one point. Because either you're just stubborn about it, and yeah. your kids are in the backseat in your man van. 
Like, come on, keep this song on, Dad. The best, like, fuck. The, the best experience I've had with this song was when I was driving home from work, and you know, like I'm dirty and greasy and shit, and a work fan. Like I'm wearing like the you know like the tool fucking yeah, the quintessential sunglasses. blue collar. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, with the fucking beard and shit. And, like I just obviously look pissed off because I'm heading home. And, uh, and you're just doing a slow nod with that gritty face. Yeah. <laughs> All I will well, Christmas. The, the slow yeah. fucking, the slow head nod and shit's on because, you know, like, now you got something to die for comes on my Spotify yeah. and the next song's All I Want for Christmas is You. Gotcha. And, like, the fucking car next to me is, like, looking over and as I'm fucking singing Mariah Carey. That guy has bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there, like, um, screaming, I don't want a life for Christmas. <laughs> and there's, like, what the I, fuck? I thought you were going to tell me that you made a road trip and Yellow Submarine came on and you quickly changed it and this happened to come on. And it was like it was like a warm blanket and a cold night just saved you from Yellow Submarine. That story still gets me because I'm picturing you just traumatized by the yeah, Beatles. Just like, <laughs> I just can't do it anymore. You can't see it, but my eyes are all wide. I'm like shaking my head like. <sighs> That's so good. Uh, speaking for 2020 and we're talking about the year in particular, it's no secret this was the like history books are going to have the toughest fucking time really getting you a chapter on this year, let alone a fucking textbook on yeah. this year. So I thought it's not, not going to be easy. Yeah, not to be totally cliche about this episode, but I figured we could kind of break this down to the good, bad, ugly. Like good being, you know, what did you hear or see anything of this year that, you know, was just notable doesn't have to be like the best thing ever i figure like the bad is just maybe some albums or shows you may have seen that just did not live up to expectation that just didn't fit and the ugly could be you know both what we talk about with the bad in the sense of bad albums but also like you know we lost a lot of people this year yep you know i don't want to get like obviously kobe bryant sean connery we know of like very yeah very big prominent figures especially in our lifetime dying but i thought we would narrow it down more to like musical figures just for the context because we're a music podcast yeah just keep it simple <laughs> i mean we, we do talk about other things outside of music but yeah. just because I, I mean the list could go on there's so many oh my people god i want to give you know recognition to we were looking at the list earlier Yeah, it was unbelievable and it's tragic when you put it in that kind of perspective mm-hmm. um but yeah i thought we should start with the good you then at the mountains. very end we'll put a nice little bow and Wrap up 2020. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll, this is kind of like a cleaning out the closet of 2020, getting it we'll all. We'll put it in a nice little box, and I'll put it on my memorabilia shelf. Yes. <laughs> yes. With the good guy cereal, the Freddy Glove, Pandora's box, all the good shit over there. Yeah, put it in Pandora's box, and it to the yeah, Cenobites. Exactly. Yeah, they can have that. <laughs> so, I guess, let's... All right, let's start with good. Yeah. So, Deftones album, Ums, came out, what, August... Give or take. August, September. I was going to even... I didn't write down specific dates for these albums. I wrote down more so artists that stood out. Okay, And yeah. albums, I was going to limit it down to like the ones that really stood out. Well, I guess if we want to talk about year. like good shit that happened, Land of God did the live stream. That was that was cool. That was really cool. That was a good time. Uh, Ohms came out. Uh, music to be murdered by Eminem. That, yep. That was a really good album. That that bitch came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, like yeah, I that was, was really weird because somebody it was had even more out of nowhere than Kamikaze. Yeah, was. I was gonna say like Kamikaze was fucking like out of nowhere, but this was like even more of a surprise. Like, there was than that. no like even talk about him writing, no. releasing well, something coming. Kamikaze had come out in 2019, but it was like towards the end of the year. I no, it came out in September of 2019. 
Music to Be Murdered by came out in fucking like a few months afterwards. It was, it was just very like, weird. What? Very weird. Like, I didn't even think he had it in him. Yeah, it's very weird. But that was good. Um, let's see here. After Hours by the Weekend came out. Everyone knows the song Blinding Lights. The rest of, of the album is just as good. Yeah. Um, Verminous. Black Dahlia Black Murder. Murder. We talked about that album at length. I remember when that was like coming out. I was waiting yeah. for that. Yeah. It was. Um, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, and they're another one of those bands that's kind of like Lamb of God. They could be hit or miss for me, but yeah. that was one of their hits. Like, I think the last one that was really good for me was Nocturnal. Nocturnal, Nocturnal was, was excellent. You know, I was yeah. at like 07 or 2008 mm-hmm. around that time. That was like, because then they had a few albums in between that I just, like that core sound was like totally taken over. But Verminous, they went back to that yeah. whole gothic. Well, that's got to do with uh, Ben Eller, man. Yeah. That fucking dude's a monster yeah. on guitar. And Absolutely. he's highly influenced by 80s shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like if you listen to him play, dude, it sounds like a fucking, like they picked him out of like Wasp or some shit. Yeah. It's like, here, uh, now you're going to play in Black Dahlia Murder. <laughs> So what about you? What do you have for good? I mentioned that Sodom album. I kind of, you know, that was the first one I took on. That's not actually going to make this good list. Uh, but there was some death metal bands specifically because just you were on the topic of them. Uh, Necrophobic came out with a new album. Undeath, Black Curse, Cryptic Shift. Uh, Carcass's new album was awesome. I like their EP they came out with. Hmm. Benediction, Dark Tranquility came out with a new album I wasn't a huge fan of. But those are just a list of some of the metal bands specifically. Aesop Rock came out with a new album. I hadn't heard it because we were just going through it. And I'm really curious because it was weird. I was listening to Aesop Rock yesterday, but it was a playlist that I have of just a mashup of his songs. Oh, my okay. sister had never listened to him. So I sent him to my sister for a playlist just to listen to something. She was like, send me something to listen to for whatever reason. And I sent that playlist because I was like, she's never listened to him, but I think she would enjoy it. Um, so his new album, I definitely want to check out. Playboy Cardi came out with a new album actually in December. He was one of the last ones on this list. Uh, Denzel Curry. Run the Jewels, G Easy came out with new stuff. Juice World's posthumous album that came out. Yeah. Um, you know, another one of the individuals we lost, not this year, but you know, he came out with a posthumous album, which is awesome. Now, there's also <laughs> the ACDC album. Rob. I have this on my ugly, but I'm bringing it up because I wanted to hear your opinion. <laughs> Since we talk about ACDC and we talk about their kind of perpetual cycle of recycled tunes. Yeah. What Did you listen to the album? No, I heard the single. Now, what did you think of the single? Did you think redundant ACDC? Okay, all right. So we're not yeah, even going to get like, into this because if, just- if you go listen to the album, you'll... This could be back in black if I've never listened to ACDC. If you told me this <laughs> yeah, was back literally. in black and I never... You, like, um, you could pretty much take any one of their album covers, Brian Johnson era, and any one of their CDs and just mix them all up and you'd have no clue which one was which. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, like we've talked about before, like the whole like Slayer being consistent and you know Motorhead, not really changing at all. One, yeah. ACDC has stayed consistent. But it seems like their level of consistency, like going forward, there's like a little taken off the top. That's what I'm saying. I think, but ACDC is in like a safer genre. Like you can rip on Slayer because their riffs are just so repetitive. Yes. The solos, in my opinion, are not very good. (laughs) Um, And then ACDC is like in a very safe genre where you don't need to take those chances because it's not what you're expected to do. Well, ACDC is in like a league of their own. Yeah. Like like, there's no bands that 
are to like the level of ACDC. Like, yeah. like you know, you, you think about like the Led Zeppelins, the Pink Floyds, the Metallicas, you know, even like the Foo Fighters, maybe to an extent. But ACDC is just ACDC. Yeah. Like, like that's just it. Like there's not like on like their level, at least the way I see it, maybe you have like the Rolling Stones. Maybe that'll be like up on that like high tier with ACDC, but they're like untouchable. They're they're one of those bands like a Slayer or like a Rolling Stones that no matter what they put out, you're gonna have some jerk off that's like this is the best yet. Well, this ironically, is awesome. you bring that up. What started with this album? Because like I said, I have a man van and I'm approaching thirty, <laughs> so I also go golfing a lot. Yeah, I was out golfing. Let me break down the story for you. <laughs> I was having a rough day. Now, usually when I have a rough day out there, I just don't want to talk to anybody because I don't drink out on the course. Yeah. I smoke my cigarettes and I try to like decompress that way. I had some guy that I was paired out with. It was me and my friend. He wasn't playing well, but he was in a good mood. He was feeling himself. Yeah. And he came up to me. My friend was still putting. Me and him were by the carts. He was drinking. He was like, yo, you guys don't mind if I put on music. And I'm like, the guy seemed cool. I was like, he probably put on some like just in between music. This guy took a leap of faith. He was like, you're like ACDC, they're coming out with a new album. This motherfucker put that on. Now, me having a bad day and having to listen to Brian Johnson's fucking cat screaming voice at the age <laughs> he's in now. Like, and, but here was the awkward part. I don't know this guy. I can't be like getting into like I'm trying to do my thing out here, you know? Yeah. But the worst part about it was because he wasn't with me, the music would like be off in the distance. You can still hear Because he's way up there or on the other side of the course and I can hear it in the distance and it's just like a fucking fly like around your ear. You're just getting like because you're just annoyed. <laughs> you're already having a bad day. You gotta listen to Brian Johnson's voice on this new A C D C album. So it wasn't even like A C D C I was familiar with where I could just like zone in and like all right, it's giving the dog a bone, yeah. so I can just kind of zone it out because I know what it sounds like. I know what to expect. But I'm hearing parts of this song. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, like, That's funny. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> that was my first exposure to the album. And, of course, I had to go back and really listen to it to make sure, like, did I hear this correctly? And yeah. It's yeah. another ACDC album, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, at this point in their career, I mean, honestly, after fucking The Razor's Edge, and I even think Razor's Edge and, like, Who Made Who, like, those are even... That's even a stretch, yeah. but like honestly, let's be real. After Back in Black, yeah, I mean it's just not a lot. It's just like it, it just is what it Cookie is. Cookie cutter, rock and roll. Yeah, literally, much. they're not doing anything different. There's, there's really nothing different happening with any of their music yeah. between albums. It's just all the same regurgitated shit. Yeah, and like I thought maybe with you know I, I'm not gonna say like thank God Malcolm Young is dead. But yeah, like I thought with the exit of Malcolm Young, obviously they would kind of take that moment to step back and appreciate their career. Well, not only that, but I feel like with the, um, I believe it's Angus's and Malcolm's like nephew or whatever that's playing guitar. Yeah, like he would have breathed new life into the band, like almost like when when Wolfgang Van Halen joined Van Halen. Yeah, like you can you like you can tell it's still like Van Halen, but there was like something else that got in there, or like when Gary Holt joined Slayer. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, breathe new life into the band. Like, our crew type style. Exactly. It's the same thing, but there's this new flavor But in what's there. sad is, is you have this kid who's getting into a band that's literally been at the tail end of their career. 
The yeah. sad, the the more sad thing to think about in this case is they're not one of those guys that the age they're at that they can say, okay, we can kind of take our career into that touring mode where we don't need to release new music. We can just give our fans like what they expect yep. to hear. Because I'm telling you right now, most ACDC fans are not paying to go hear stuff off their last two albums, especially. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in the case that they're at, it's probably because they can't tour the way they used to, but they feel like the need to continue to make music, which yeah. all the more credit for you. I'm glad bands still make music. I'm not going to sit there and say that it's always good, but I'll never deny the opportunity. Exactly. Because that album could have been awesome. I don't know. I'll never say that. But based on track record, after listening probably to it, I not. wasn't a huge fucking fan. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, so what are we going to do? Transition here into bad? Yeah, I think we should go into bad, which you can name because you have the list of some of the artists we're going to talk about. Um, and then the ugly. And I think we should come down to a general consensus of like probably because we're going to talk about obviously the people we lost in music. Mm -hmm. Um, narrow it down to like probably one of our best albums of the year. And quite possibly the ugliest thing to happen this year. And we have the general consensus on that. So we can just probably just... (laughs) <laughs> like all, obviously, we have albums that probably just wouldn't make the cut as unlistenable garbage. But this specific ugly can probably be the one yeah, to talk about. Yeah, the yeah, because it's we'll get to it. Yeah. So let's <laughs> go over some of the artists. So wake up sunshine by all time low. I I was excited for this album. I actually did listen to the whole thing. It really wasn't that good. They, I believe, I said it before. The band Camino who's a band that I'm a huge fan of, they did a song with them, and I was like, how the fuck did they even yeah, put that their name on this Yeah, that was very disappointing. It sucked. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I can't really remember the last thing that All Time Low has put out that actually, like, wowed me, but this definitely wasn't it. Then they had that that song now, it's like the single, it's like, why do the monsters come out at night? Na, 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 na. <laughs> I don't do... I, yeah, very... Is, Tragic. I don't mind if you mess up my life or something. I think it's like Especially because they were like a high school band of ours. Yeah. Like that was an act that, yeah, had a lot of expectation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this album just wasn't good. Yeah. Um, another one that wasn't good was Gigaton oh, by Pearl God, Jam. God, dude. I, super Blood Wolf That's, Moon. Yeah, that was, it's ironic because that one's probably going to crack my top three of The Ugly from this year really bad for the albums because the expectation I think <laughs> oh yeah like the one the one that's it met my bad list was because of the expectation oh yeah well if but, we're gonna go into expectations here I'm not gonna say that Andrew Watt is the sole reason for 2020 being so bad but I believe he opened up the Pandora's box or opened up the gate to hell it's either that or that uh movie cats that came out they said right after the movie cats that came out yeah they said right after then everything started going downhill so there's a conspiracy behind that well andrew watt took on the the gargantuan task of producing a new ozzy osbourne album yeah and if you have listened to the show this year or 2020 it's now 2021 but if you listen to the show at all back in the beginning of 2020 you know how excited we all were for ordinary man and when it came out, it was literally the biggest kick in the fucking balls I've ever had in my whole life. Yeah, it was tragic. Like, I've been kicked to the nuts. And, you know, like, it wasn't good. Yeah. I heard Ordinary Man. It was worse than that. Yeah. I was like, like, it took the wind out of me. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, that's, 
It was no good. And then, like, you know, they thought there was going to be like a redeeming factor. And they also did the whole, like, let's give you four of these songs ahead of exactly. time to give you a little hope. And you're just like, maybe it'll get better. Like, that song, Under the Graveyard, wasn't bad. But, dude, like, on fucking Facebook and shit, I saw all the fucking dick riders and nut swingers that are like, oh, that's it's a new Ozzy album. Yeah, it's one a new Ozzy album. Yep. It wasn't good. That kills a lot of these albums for me. Yes. Because one of mine that made the bad, which was System of a Down single, mm-hmm. that made my list for being the bad because the songs are not good. The quality but the was fan, bad too. The, I know, like it was made just in like like their like their house. Like they didn't even take the time Dude, to really do anything. We have done better demos before with a rock band. Yeah. Like, let's That's what I'm saying. Real. They probably took a lot of their equipment and just did a quick rush because I understand, and this is the thing that sucks about it because they did it for a cause. Yes. And I can get that. But you also have a huge fan base that just watched Deftones release new music, Tool release new music, yep. and you kind of fall into that category. Everybody's yeah. joke was with the memes, like, you know, System of Down fans, and it's that picture of Pablo Escobar standing around doing nothing, like, waiting for their music, watching yeah. Tool drop, Deftones drop, see they even drop new music. Yeah. And then they released that, mm. and I was, I even was like, oh, that's cool, because that was unexpected, but I knew now it was for a cause specifically what's going on over there. They must not care too much about that cause. Dude, it was, that music it was, was bad. sad, man. It wasn't good. Very sad. Um, Let's see. Well... What do you want to do? Do you want to talk about the one particular album that we had, what we were excited for that kind of got brought out to us in pieces and they basically gave us the entire album? It's probably my number one is what you're talking about. Is it your number one? I think so. All right. I'll let you say it. What is it? It's a self-titled album. Yeah. All right. Lamb of God. I'll let you take that one. Yeah. That, and it's funny because I brought that up with the Sodom thing. That was the last album that I ordered and held out for I ordered a fucking deluxe vinyl too I didn't even just buy like the 9.99 CD I'm like yeah. I'm gonna listen to this on vinyl like talk about my junkie era in the summertime of how I was with vinyls oh, yeah. that's how I was $33 whatever probably sucks but I took the gamble and I lost I put fucking all my money on black 5 and it landed on red 2 <laughs> I was so excited for this album yep. because of the way they were touring, the the track listing they were picking for their live sets, um, you know, even like five one two, like on their yeah. latest album, like they had a sound that they were going for. Oh, dude, I love five one two. That's my favorite of the newer song. shit. It's so fucking like dark. It's heavy. That riff is awesome. So I was like, all right, cool. This is gonna be great. And like when Memento Mori dropped. And I thought that I, wasn't bad. But this when is I heard the, thing. It the first time. I think that's the thing, though. They we just said it. Like they came out with piecemeal version yep. of the album where you were getting little songs here and there. And honestly, the best song on the album was Resurrection Man because it just fit what yeah. I was expecting for that album. And then everything else surrounding it, it was like the songs that I even enjoyed. Like I guess it was because like new, the new Tool album it wore off. Mm-hmm. Like that euphoria of just a band I love releasing new music wore off, and yeah. I put it in the category of like this is not good. No. I listened to that album now that I bought one time when I bought it. I listened to it several times in the car just randomly, just because I was trying to see if I could get back get into, into it. it. Yeah, waited a little bit, put the album back on on vinyl for the second listen, and it was like 
fuck, man. Yeah. The only thing I can say is, is after watching that live stream when they played entirely of Ashes of the Wake is that, mm-hmm. like, again, here's a touring band that's playing their best fucking work. Hopefully, they're going to head into a direction and give themselves that reminder of, like, this is what we were doing and this is what was working. Exactly. Now, the funny thing is, the best song to come out of the sessions... Why not being on the fucking on the album? Dude, that's <laughs> like what we soundtrack. talk about with State of Love and Trust, not being yeah. on fucking 10. It should have been. 100%. And that is probably my favorite Pearl Jam song of all time. 100%. And, and even that the is acoustic version is phenomenal on yeah. the Unplugged. But The Death of Us should have been on that I album. know. It, it should have been the leading single off that album. But that's... We're talking about, you know, a, a grab me some money move? Like, well, you know, tell you what, dude. What I think is... They were told not to put that song in that album. Reason being is you've seen Bill and Ted face the music, right? Yeah. I didn't think it was that good. The movie. Yeah, I didn't think the movie was that good at all. I don't even think it touched number two. No. And or bogus journey, rather. I think they had to put in some kind of pool where it was like, listen, you're gonna have this song, not put it out on this album that's you know conveniently being released around the same time. Take this best song you have, put it on our soundtrack. Of course, that's what I'm saying. It was so a money it draws grab. people into the fucking movie. It was a money grab. It wasn't a money grab for Lamb of God though. It was a money grab for the fucking Absolutely. studio because they're and, like, this movie sucks. And anyway. you know, it was probably Lamb of God at the time because they definitely had that recorded during their sessions. Hundred percent. It sounds the production value is exactly exactly the same. The same. Like that could have fit in there at any yep. point. And it was true. Like now it sucks because anytime I want to listen to that song, like I almost like want to burn the CD. And figure out the place of where to put that song. Exactly. And see if it would just even make the slightest difference. Where could you put that? Probably it, it track would, five. Probably. Like, it opens up with Checkmate. Yeah. Um, I think Memento Mori is like two, mm-hmm. right? And I, th- I think they released it in order. They skipped one song, I think three. And it went four, five, and then, like, I think that was it. They released, like, half the album. Yeah. But you could put that right in the middle of the album. Yeah, it would be fine. That's a shame. Real shame. But yeah, that was my number one bad disappointment of the mm-hmm. I think you should list, just go over some of the artists, too, that we lost, just because one of them in particular, we each kind of narrowed it on as, I guess, most impactful in different ways. Well, there is no particular order to the list that I have in front of me. Uh, the one's Riley Gale. His death this year, I mean... It obviously made us both become fans of. That's yeah. That's you know, my number one trip. like real thought about death in terms of music. He's yeah. not the most iconic figure we lost, but the reason why I had him as that number one is because of how big I got in a power trip this year, and yeah. it has nothing to do. This is like the first time where I'm listening to an albums like almost posthumously after the artist that's mostly involved the past yep. way, and obviously the band itself. We don't know the direction if they're going to continue. Probably not. Uh, but after listening to him, I'm like, to I'm really like, why the fuck did I not? This like fits my mold of like that crossover thrash pop yep. municipal waste toxic holocaust. Like it's literally like me in a mold of like my preferred genre of thrash metal. Like those yeah. vocals are like right where I like it. It's everything was about it. it was just so good. And now I'm like, like fuck, like that. I'm not going to be able to see that live. Yeah, watching their live sets too was like you know they're playing like some shows at like festivals like seven a.m. because they were that band on yeah, the bill, the like, opening band. Dude, they're fucking killing it out there. Yeah, dude, they were a really really fucking good band. I you know I don't want it to be like oh I hope they continue. I hope they continue. But yeah. 
I just if he, they were his persona though, man, like perfect front man. Like for a thrash yeah. band, perfect front man. And it's really sad what happened to him and you know, that band, their family. I mean, because he was just a real he was just real. He was like a real dude. He was a master of his craft and the way he presented himself was exactly what I expect from yep. any time I listen to a good thrash band. Speaking of master of the craft, um, Neil Peart from Rush. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was a major one. Uh, ju- that was in the very beginning of all this. Yeah. We're like, man, this is fucked up. Yeah. And then, you know, we go down the list. Um, you got Leslie West from Mountain, uh, you know, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi Queen. Mississippi Queen, dude. Um, he just died a few weeks back. Um, you got Little Richard, Kenny Rogers, Joe Diffie, Frankie Benali, the drummer from Quiet Riot. Um, you got Charlie Daniels, Peter Green from fucking, you know, Fleetwood Mac fame. And then, um, you know, just when all that shit, all all that bad shit had happened, it got even worse. We lost uh, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. I mean, and that's got to probably be your, that's my number one thing that's happened. Dude, I remember when I I was at work and Nicole called me, she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm working. She's like, all right, well, like, sit down or something. I'm like, what? I'm like, what the fuck happened? She's like, Eddie Van Halen died. I'm like, what? Dude, I felt like the tears welling up. Like, she doesn't understand it. And unless you're, like, a fan of Van Halen, you don't really understand. Like, he was the reason for, like, a lot of shit. Like, for me. Like, if, honest to God, if Eddie Van Halen wasn't introduced in my life, we wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. Like... I tried to like explain that. Like I, that probably like that put you in the direction of music. That, that put, put me in the direction, in the direction of, of like everything. Everything, dude. yeah. Like I wouldn't play guitar if it wasn't for. That Van was like Halen. even Doyle coming out with that story about it, where Eddie Van Halen was the reason why he rediscovered guitar. He was pretty much done with it. And then when exactly. Van Halen hit the scene, he was like, "I want to fucking do this, dude." And like you know, I mean, obviously, like with his death and everything, you you had slowly getting into Van Halen, of course. And I guess, in a sense, you could probably understand why it was such a huge deal. Yeah, I was actually, every time I rediscovered, it kind of went back that direction. Like, I had always liked Van Halen, but I never understood your like for Van Halen. The more that I went back and, like, gave albums a listen, as opposed to the shit I've heard on, like, Classic Vine Mm -hmm. or whatever on Sirius and stuff, I really... Everything about why I like music is understanding the context, the year that it come out, like the people that were listening to it, what was happening at that time, and just knowing what Van Halen was doing and the time they were doing it, it's still baffling. Yeah. Like that's, that was like here in the future. That's got to be like hearing Johnny be good during that, you know, scene and fucking, you know, back to the the future. future. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. People were like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's like, you know, I I don't, I don't want to get into a giant thing about Van Halen because I feel like that's like my thing. But, it was just such a huge fucking thing. And, you know, the fact that he's finally getting, I don't want to say finally getting them. Cause you know, he's always been talked about. He's always been labeled as one of the greats, but I always feel like he, he had gotten snubbed with like a lot of shit. And now that he's dead, everyone's yeah. like, Oh my God. Like almost like we've been sleeping on him. And it's like, He's been doing a lot of shit. And it is important for like younger generations. Like when um, that dude did that recording with the, you know, Fleetwood Mac song when the Cream movie came out. Yep. Rocket Man. Like all these kids now just kind of jump on the hype of something. But simultaneously it's working because then yep. they're actually getting interested in something. So with Van Halen dying, that name itself 
Yeah. Like you immediately think Atari it's like era. epic. That is like like oh a trump card, you know what I mean? Like exactly. you're a Van Halen like if you use that that word itself just makes me think his name just makes me think immediately guitar hero. Well like for me like I, I don't know like the name like Van Halen it just sounds it just sound. huge. It's like Beethoven for exactly. classical like <laughs> Mozart, you know? Like it's just it's like a name that's bigger than the name. Like oh, it's yeah. just it's just weird. It has way more meaning than the individual. And you know, I mean it's all it's all how everyone interprets it or whatever, but the way I interpreted Van Halen is that it was like a way of life. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just strange. Like, when I first heard Van Halen, I was like, this is like the greatest shit that has ever happened in the history of the world. And I was only like 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's... Like, I remember hearing Eruption for the first time in the car and just being like, 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 I didn't even know what guitar was. Followed by Yellow Submarine. Yeah. yeah. Then Yellow Submarine came on. I was like, this is what could really be done in the I instrument. I wish they could rewind the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's my number one, like, worst thing that happened this year. In terms of, like, artists, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of deaths, man, like, and... The Eddie Van Halen one wasn't even uh, COVID. I know. That was uh, fucking everything cancer. Yeah. I mean, the other good thing, I mean, good thing that came out of it is that Wolfgang Van Halen finally released his, or music. started to release his music. And that music video is awesome, too. Yeah, it's it's videos. a real tearjerker. Yeah. And, you know, that this at least gives, like, the fans of the band hope that there is going to be, like, a continuation. It's not going to be the, you know, the... The brand that you're used to. Yeah. But at least the name is still there. And, yeah. you know, there's a... It's going to live on. Of course. But, yeah. Anyways, off of Van Halen. <laughs> For the ugly. Probably the ugliest. Has to be. Has I'm not, to be. I don't even want to go into detail about anything else because this kind of caps the entire year in terms of music. I if, mean, you could, you could honestly say COVID was the worst thing that happened this I don't year. even know. But this... This is a close Parallels. second. It runs, yeah, it runs a close <laughs> second. <laughs> like, um, you know, like the less than or equal to sign or greater than or equal like, to. This, yeah, this yeah. is It's COVID and yeah. then WAP. Yeah, WAP was um, an absolute black mark <sighs> on. And here's the thing. The understanding that that song was used for a lot of memes, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like TikTok videos and almost using it in an ironic sense. Just to know, though, that there are people out there that could credit that to a point where it charted and say it was good number music. Number one. That's what scares me. It was number one in the world. That's what's crazy to me. Because it's, we have uh, to be honest here. Whatever you want to make that song out to be, that was literally two artists who have a huge following behind them, especially young girls that look up to them, yep. released... L- I listen to Cannibal Corpse in terms when we talk about lyrical content. Yeah. But I listen to Cannibal Corpse for a different reasoning because that's not making the radio. You know exactly. what I mean? I'm not putting anything out there to recommend to my four-year-old nephew. I Check blood. out Tomb of the Mutilated. There's some good things on there like, you know, Hammer Smash Face. That's a great single, kid. You should check it out. No, I mean, but WAP, it was put out there yeah. for the masses. So now you had young girls that almost try to comprehend that because it's like you watch a rated R movie when you're a kid. Yeah. That mo- that song was larger than life to a point where, regardless of how old you are, Rated you R, it. dude. It's like fucking walking into the porn section of the movie That's store. That's a when Serbian you're like six. film of movies, which if you've seen a Serbian film, like 
that wouldn't make it anywhere except like the adult bookstore or the red barn down on yeah. 130. You know what I mean? Literally. Um, this is like the two girls, one cup. It's, and it's sad. It's really sad because that that's where we were at in terms of music. That's what was popular this year. And I think the motherfucker had like seven writers on it. Yeah. And like, which is crazy. Disgusting. And here's the thing. I don't even hate on Cardi B. She's made some decent fucking music. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like there has been some good hip hop that came out in terms that she was either collaborative with and or she wrote. And I'm not even hating on it. Yeah. That song in particular, though, I don't even care who fucking made it. You know what I mean? Danzig could have made that Dude, song. We and listened I'd be like, to, fuck, fuck. Like, you know what I mean? I think like as a collective me and you, we listen to some pretty vile shit sometimes. Oh yeah. Like vile, disgusting, like nasty shit. Well, I don't want it to chart. This is worse. Yeah. Like it's just I don't think fucked with a knife uh by Cannibal Corpse should ever have made it to the billboard. Priest of Sodom. Yeah. No. Like I don't think a dying fetus song should ever make it. No. You know, there's a lot of fucked up. Cunt stuff out Crusher there. by Infinite Annihilator. Yeah, like dude. come on. But the fact that this made it, the fact that the acronym itself, what it stands for, the lyrical content surrounding it, the people that listen to it, and the people that were exposed to it, this is this sets you up. Like nobody will think about this until it's 20, 30 years down the line and these individuals have to run our country. And we're the old ones relying on, you know, hopefully our governments being sustainable. But we have kids that are not only in online schooling and getting the IQs dropping by 20, 30 points, but then they're like you know, Certified what do you listen to? Seven days yeah, a week. I'm a big fan of Van Halen 1. You know, Led Zeppelin 2 was great. That's where we were at. Now it's like WAP is, you know, going to be on 102.9 at some point. Like that type of I song. I just, I don't understand it. I mean, is it the point that we're like, I mean, I, we've talked about this before, but like devolving I, as oh a yeah. society. Oh yeah, because guess what? We talk about like Disgusting. Ever, have you ever seen the South Park episode where Stan's getting older and they're pretty shit. much calling him a cynist where yeah. like, you know, he's just, you know, cynical because he, <laughs> everything sounds like shit to him. And the whole thing with Stan's dad trying to like act like he likes it because yeah. we're not old, you know, like. That they call the- him Steamy Ray Vaughn. <laughs> Didn't well, he, he die get- in a plane crash? He, no, that's Stevie Ray Vaughn. He just gets up there and shits, shits his britches. britches. But that's the thing. It's like, like a britches holocaust. <laughs> we're not. Oh, dude. I got to show you. Remind me to show you the behind the scenes of that scene. When they're what, trying, with to, him they're trying to record that dude. scene, they're like, they can't even keep it together. He just fills one pair up, <laughs> takes them you off. You got to see it, dude. I, I got to show you it. But anyway, like we're not even like that to that point. And no. I know it because there's a lot of shit that came out this year in terms of hip hop and it, especially stuff my father thinks is still garbage. Like my dad couldn't get his head around Metallica. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always been like that. Me, yeah. I have a way more open mind in the sense that real hip hop, you know, even just real rap, it doesn't even have to be so tasteful. It can just be catchy enough where I'll enjoy it. But yeah. that song was like. Like, don't get me wrong, dude. I like, I like the fucking beat and shit. Like, I can get, I listen to I the know, instrumental. But, like, the lyrical content ruins it. It just ruins it. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Very sad. But I guess on top of that, we can uh, wrap this this year up in a nice pretty bow and put it in a bag or in a box and we'll ship it on the submarine. Oh, we'll put in the the ghost trap. Put in the ghost trap and we'll send it on the, um, the submarine on its way to the motherland. Yeah. That that's what we'll do with this year. We essentially just said we were bombing Russia with uh, all the bad shit that happened. <laughs> well, we you know we have a <laughs> we have a uh, you know a correspondent comrade, or, yeah, a comrade on his way over there, yeah, so he can drop it off for us. That's a long submarine ride. He's still going. 
dude, it's it's 2020. Oh, yeah. You know. It's like well, the mail. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got a fucking Easter card the other day. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, like the Loch Ness Monster fucking surfaced or, you know, the actual Megalodon or something fucking surfaced in the ocean. It was like, oh, yeah, by the way, dinosaurs are still real. Yeah. They haven't gone away. They just evolved. Yeah. They live underwater now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess let's roll into our personal suggestions for this week. Um, My suggestion for this week is to check out the new single from the band Camino, uh, Roses. Not the song that's with All Time Low? No, not, <laughs> not, not the one that's with All Time Low. <laughs> okay. Just um, it's called Roses. came out a couple weeks back. Uh, pretty good song. It's, you know... The band Camino's got some big things happening for them, man. You know, if 2020 didn't happen, they would have been on the verge of being, in my opinion, a band to, like, the size of, like, probably like Maroon 5 or something. Like, these guys would have been on the Super Bowl this year if 2020 didn't happen. Oh, yeah. What do you got? So, an artist that we did not mention, and I purposely didn't mention him because it was going to be my recommendation, uh, Daniel Dumile, probably known, best known as MF Doom, uh, very good hip-hop artist. I mean, this guy, early 2000s, like, the work he was putting out was just very clever. The The beats are, like, just... It's very... The, I can't even explain it. If you haven't listened to MF Doom, I highly recommend it. In doing so, um, I'm actually going to go to one of his compilation albums that he mashed up with, uh, with Mad Villain, Mad Lib, and himself. The album came out in 04. It was called Mad Villainy. The song... I'm just going to recommend track two, which is Accordion. I suggest you listen to the whole album. If you can enjoy that album, definitely go back and listen to MF Doom's, uh, you know, personal stuff. But this album, man, it's funny. I used to listen to MF Doom back when I started getting into like Aesop Rock because he was just a very clever lyricist. And I didn't even know he died. He died in October. And someone had posted about it randomly. And I thought he had died because it was posted on December 31st. I thought he had died that day. I'm like, wow, it's crazy. And yeah. people were in the comments like, no, he died a few months back. And to this day, you still don't know the cause of death. Um, but yeah, wow. de- yeah, definitely check out Mad Villainy. Um, it's actually under a Mad Villain album, but it's a pair up with him, Mad Lib, and MF Doom. Nice. Our group suggestion for this week is to check out the live unplugged concert, Alice in Chains Unplugged. The live unplugged Concert, Alice and Chains Unplugged. Yeah. Okay. That works. Yeah, <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, so, yeah. It rolls off the tongue. It does. No, but um, yeah, uh, we all know my opinion on this. I think it's the best live album ever and the best fucking unplugged album ever. <clears throat> that's my general. That's my general feeling. It's very good. <laughs> now, um, if you can't find it on DVD... You can find it on YouTube. That's where I watch it most of the time. Now, are you still watching it with the weird, like, do they have the full video in one shot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I used to have to watch that one particular in clips, in clips but the screen was, like, inverted or oh, almost no, looked no, like no. an, so they can get away copyright. No, the whole thing's so on So they do have a full. regular view. All right, all right, all right. Then I remember one time I watched it, not this particular version, but I watched it and it was, like, flipped. Yeah, it's like, backwards. inverted. That's how yeah. they get around, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Alice in Chains Unplugged. Maybe if, if we slowed down five minutes alone by like, you know, a few measures, you know, maybe we would have avoided uh, all the hardships we faced on our YouTube channel. But um, 
yeah, if you're a fan of Alice in Chains, then you'll obviously be a fan of this. If you're, unplugged, if you're a fan of Unplugged Concerts, you'll be a fan of this. If you're and a fan of music. Music. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much if you don't like this, you're just an asshole. Yeah. Like, you, you can't not like... Yeah, you can't be pigeonholed to a genre. Like, it, you can... It's just good. It's just a phenomenal live set. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. But, um, yes, I guess that kind of wraps it up for this week. Um, wraps it up for this year. Right no, it's twenty twenty one now. We need to get to do it last one. Oh We're yeah, done with twenty twenty. This comes out in two thousand twenty one. That's what I'm saying. This, even though this being a twenty twenty one episode, this is our last time talking about shit that happened last year. Yeah, we're done with it. Yeah, unless we're making fun of something, I guess. Oh now, yeah, let's try to avoid it. Yeah, that's the New Year's resolution. It. Fresh start here at RATMP. Twenty twenty never happened. And don't forget to check out that dude's channel and uh, Redskins ninety one. Yeah, for your. Uh, that metal opportunity show. to post uh <laughs> remember our promo code ratm podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you can find us on our social medias uh facebook.com slash ratm podcast instagram and twitter at ratm podcast our website ratm podcast slash ratm podcast um I believe that's about it. Um, right. Our Pornhub page is still under construction. Our, you know, WordPress page and Tumblr and mm. all those other ones, they're, they're on their way. Yeah. Our subreddit page is currently yeah. under construction as well. But, um, yeah, so that about wraps it up for this week. This Rage Against the Mainstream podcast signing off. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.